Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Local Share Green Action, a podcast where people share their stories about meaningful, planet-friendly work in their local communities. They share their paths of green action and the ways they have applied their own talents, interests, and all types of green projects, jobs, businesses, volunteering, and careers. Today on our podcast, I'm speaking with someone who has a family homestead and is using it creatively to bring happiness to people in the community. I'm speaking with Amanda Avery with Huck's Family Farm in Durham, North Carolina. Huck's Family Farm is a small four-acre homestead that has grown into a local space for healing with animals. They offer everything from goat yoga to kids' programs. With the mission of bringing smiles and healing souls, they want to bring joy and peace to as many lives as possible. Some of the many other things they offer at their site include day camps for kids and private birthday parties and farm tours. Among the many activities they sponsor in their farm, they also provide things like raw goat's milk, goat's milk soap, and pasture duck eggs. So welcome, Amanda. Thanks. Thank you for having us. Yes, I'm so excited to speak with you and find out more about your path of green action that led you to creating a helping community center with your homestead. So what planted the seeds for you to start taking some kind of green action originally? Uh, When when it was originally started, it was just a matter of there was, uh, the property was bought and there was, you know, uh, enough land um, that wanted to find a way to take care of the land in a different way than just, you know, mowing the yard or cutting down trees or things like that. So we just made the decision to do a homestead instead and get goats and uh, and ducks. And then everything just kind of grew from there. Uh, but it was, it was with the goal of being sustainable and uh, wanting to just have a little bit less impact on the local environment or the local ecosystem. Yeah, so um, had you been raised on a farm, or did you have experience before you bought the farm? Uh, No, so myself and my former partner, who is uh, technically the owner of the farm right now, his grandfather was an agriculture extension agent for the state, and so he had a farm in Wentworth that Matthew's dad grew up on. Uh, but Matthew grew up in the city. My mom was raised on a tobacco farm, but again, I grew up in the city, and we both just decided we wanted to get back to uh, more of a farm state of mind, I guess, uh, and so wanted to be in a more rural setting. So we chose the outskirts of Durham and just chose to to live in the more of a country environment. Nice. Um, that that takes a lot of guts that you you know, didn't have a lot of experience. So did you find like some good sources of inspiration that you uh, maybe tried to learn from? I have been around horses my whole life. So I've worked on and off at different, you know, horse farms, but I've never had any experience with any farm animals other than horses. Uh, But I was a vet tech a long time ago and brought that kind of experience in and, uh, you know, just a love of animals. Um, but uh, Matthew is just really big into researching. And so he did a lot of research around everything. And we just pretty much started it and did it with very little help. And or uh, it was started with the idea, like I said, of being a homestead. So, you know, he had done some research around other homesteads and just kind of how they did things. But when it my, when it kind of grew into other things, it was because 
I I was going through some pretty difficult things uh, about four or five years ago, and I started meditating with the goats because it was just it was very healing and helpful to me uh, dealing with the the stuff that I was going through, and then I just started kind of inviting others to be a part of that, and we started having some open farm days and things like that, and then it just kind of snowballed. And so I actually created all of our programs and trained the animals and just grew everything, I guess, very organically. Uh, It wasn't, you know, I wouldn't say we did it completely, you know, without, you know, looking up ideas or things like that. But there wasn't like one or two specific places that that got gathered from. Uh, The goat yoga specifically, I was already doing the meditation with goats and some other things. And one of our regular uh, visitors shared a video of of the goat yoga that was happening in Portland, Oregon. It had just started. It had only been going on for like maybe three or four months. And uh, I was like, oh, hey, we could do that and add that to what we're already doing. And so that's how we started that. Um, and we started that about four, three and a half, four years ago. Do you have like some sustainability practices maybe in how you're farming that you you want to share? Uh, the biggest thing is just that we, A, we just really don't have a lot of waste. We're trying to keep as much out of the landfill as possible. So almost everything that we do is reclaimed. So the fencing, the, the shelters. Um, our milk stand, everything is made out of reclaimed materials. And then we try to keep everything on the property. So like all of the animal waste is composted and we then use that compost in our gardens or we sell it to people or we give it away depending on the circumstance. And we also have two local groceries that donate their like vegetables and fruits and things that they can't sell or are out of date and we feed those to our pigs and to our goats and our horses depending on you know what what it is in our rabbits um so we uh we we try to like I said we just try to keep as much out of the landfill as possible and just really try to give back to the earth and we will put a lot of the compost on our own soil um and uh, just really trying to to replenish in a in a healthy way. I mean, we even we take people's pumpkins, we take their Christmas trees, and uh, we feed those to the animals. <laughs> so, Christmas trees. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, goats love Christmas trees. Really? Um, and actually, uh, there's there's I can't remember if it's like chickens. Or, we don't have any chickens here. We just have ducks, but. Um, there's some, there's another farm animal that really loves pine. Um, but yeah, we have a couple of local places that donate like whatever Christmas trees they're not able to sell. And then also people will bring their Christmas trees to us. But we do ask that like they be ones that haven't been sprayed with chemicals, you know, to keep them like uh, anti-flammable or like stuff like that. Like it needs to be more natural. Um, but uh, but yeah, the goats will tear them up. They, they'll eat two Christmas trees a day at least. Nice, nice. I think everybody knows. I think um, goat manure is. Think that it will burn. I think you can apply it directly to gardens. Goats and goats and rabbits, you can actually apply directly to gardens. Um, horses, of course, you have to compost. 
but uh, but yeah, you can take goat manure and rabbit manure and put it right on your garden. Cool. So describe it to me a little bit, like what happens when you're doing goat yoga. Like so, most people, I really, I really can't do it justice. Uh, you know, I try to explain it to people, and they're like, "Oh, that sounds cool," but then they come and do it, and they leave. They're just like, "That's." the best thing that's ever happened to me um so you know it's just I, I really can't do it justice with an explanation but um we do what we call therapeutic goat yoga so there's a lot of places if you see you know the videos and the things that have gone kind of viral you're seeing a lot of stuff that's like baby goat yoga where you know there's just a bunch of baby goats jumping all over people and and just roaming around and things like that or you have some people who have trained like maybe one, two, three goats to go to people with food. So like they'll put food on their mats or on their backs or things like that and get the goats to go to them that way. So I didn't want to do any of that. So what I did is I actually trained them with love. So I figured out their favorite scratching spots and, you know, and just started training them to come to towels and mats to get scratches and love. And we, uh, and just through all of the classes and the events and things that we've done because I train people when they get here you know I'm like okay favorite scratching spots are under their neck and on their chest and along their sides and because the people know how to you know give back to the goats the goats instantly go to the people and to their mats and towels and so what happens is we create a circle of you know the people that are participating we let the goats in and they just come running in because they love it and they start spreading out to everyone and they all start going in to get their scratches I have probably five to ten of them that pretty much within the first five or ten minutes lay down with people either in their lap or right next to them um, they just they love to cuddle and uh, we have a lot of goats uh, relative to what probably a lot of other places that do what we're doing have. So there's about 33 goats that are in the class. Um, so it's, you know, most people are getting two or three goats surrounding them and loving on them. Um, I have some who, like I said, they'll, they'll like fall asleep on someone's lap and that person doesn't want to move or do any of the poses and that's totally fine. We designed a class that stays entirely on the ground and it's a mix of hatha and yin yoga if uh, anybody's familiar with yoga um, and there's a lot of held poses and a lot of very just very low impact easy for even people that have never done yoga before uh, so you know people enjoy that aspect as well and then because you know it's go yoga so if somebody has a goat snuggled up in their lap and they're happy and they're breathing and they're, you know, centered and they're enjoying themselves, we really don't care whether they're doing the rest of the poses with us or not. Uh, so it's just a very chill kind of thing. And it's just it's extremely therapeutic and healing. You'd be amazed at how quickly you just calm down and release and realize probably everything that you have been carrying with you that you didn't even know you were carrying with you because you just feel this huge weight lift and uh they're just they're just really great that's really neat so do you, you also do that with children with our classes with the goat yoga classes we do six and up and then with our kids programs it's more of uh time spent caring for the animals and learning about them and 
creating connection with them. Although a lot of times I do do what we call go yoga with the kids that are here, but we do very little yoga. <laughs> it's mostly just the kids snuggling with the goats uh, more than anything. And But it's the same kind of scenario. You know, we lay out our towels and they go in and sit down and then the goats come in and they come and snuggle with them. And, uh, you know, the kids love it. You know, with our farm tours, we take everybody in and answer questions about the animals and everyone gets to really interact with them and go in and meet them and pet them. We don't do feeding of the animals uh, by the public to help keep the mouthiness or like desire for food out of it. So instead the animals are really just there, you know, wanting to give and get affection and attention from the people that visit. And so we keep the feeding to feeding time. And it's more sustainable. So, like, I know, um, you know, a lot of people have concerns around the fact that, like, baby goat yoga is done by a lot of dairies, uh, bigger dairies. And so, um, you know, they breed to keep the moms in milk. But a lot of times the male goats especially get full for meat and things like that. And so, like, they they breed, they take the baby goats, they do goat yoga. But then once those baby goats get big enough, so they get you know, sold for meat or sold for what have you. Um, but like our goats range in age from right now, I think four months to uh, eight years old. So we use our adult goats for our therapy, not just babies. Um, so it's all of our goats that are part of it. Yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. I, um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people haven't figured out how to, how to do that. I think that's really kind of innovative as well so you're also making goat milk soap um so is that something you kind of do on occasion or are you doing that pretty regularly or how is that aspect of your um homestead working uh we do it we make it and we sell it to those that come here as well as like people can order it online as well and so we make it regularly you know we have our unscented and then I think we have uh, I think we're at seven different scents that we make right now so when right now I'm milking eight of our moms uh I milk by hand and we only take the excess milk we don't separate our moms and our babies uh we don't sell any of our animals for meat and so like I said we just take the excess from the moms uh we do have registered dwarf goats, which are a dairy breed. So our moms do make more than what the babies need. So we get about two to two and a half quarts of milk a day uh, from the excess. And we use about one quart of milk per about 40 to 50 bars of soap, somewhere around there. And so the, the soap making process, like I said, it's just it's just as we run low, um, but it's a it's a time intensive process, but it's not a difficult process. And after you know doing research around uh, percentages and different oils and amounts and things like that, and it's just a matter of getting the weights and the ratios, or the masses and the ratios correct, and uh, combining so that you make the best soap um, for what you're trying to achieve. And so ours is specifically around good, it's a good clean, clean factor in terms of like, it can get good, like 
oils and things like that off of your hands uh, because it's one that we wanted to have for after we were working on the farm and, you know, fixing equipment and stuff like that. But also it has a little, it doesn't have as much of a lather as like a lot of store-bought soaps would have, but it does have a little bit of a lather to it. And then it's very, it's very soft. It leaves your uh, hands or body or whatever you decide to use it on very, very soft. It replaces the oils rather than stripping them. And so I actually have one soap customer that she's been through, I don't know how many different like medications and lotions and things like that for her hands uh, because of uh, her particular job that she does. And she buys our soap simply because it's the only thing that has helped her hands to stay healthy and like heal. So that's really great because goat milk has some scientific basis behind it, but uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a uh, scientist, but uh, it is supposed to be very good for your skin and it's supposed to be very helpful to a lot of different skin conditions. And then we use a very minimum amount of oils. So we just use olive oil, soybean oil and coconut oil. And then, of course, you have to use lye. Uh, you cannot make soap without lye. Uh, so if you ever hear of, like, lye-free soaps, it's just that they're taking a soap bar and melting it down and remaking it. And But in order to actually go through the sophistication process, you have to have lye. Um, and so the lye mixes with the milk and the oils, and then it goes through a process the sophistication process and all the lye gets used up in that in that chemical process and so at the end there's no lye left because it's created soap um and so uh that's the very very minimal explanation for how you make how you make the soap uh, but it takes about three to four hours for us to make uh batches of soap and then it takes about two weeks for it to cure Wow, that's really interesting. So, like, what what does your typical day look like? And you're also raising a, f- a family, and um, and you're working on the farm. So, like, what would be maybe your typical day? But my day personally looks like uh, getting up and starting on animal care by seven thirty eight in the morning. The animal care is usually myself and either a worker or a person who's doing work exchange with us or a volunteer and that animal care process involves doing hay and water and poop cleanup and you know all all of those kinds of things and then the feeding and milking and that whole process takes probably about three three and a half hours in the morning we because we are a small farm do not have a lot of the systems or equipment that maybe other farms have uh, to make it more efficient and easier. So, you know, we are carting water from the house back to the animals and, you know, we're having, we're not able to put like a bale of hay in with our animals. You know, we have to do, we have the hay stored somewhere else and have to, we put it in hay nets and carry it to the animals for them to eat out of the hay nets. And so that, so that process is a little bit time intensive and also a lot of heavy lifting. And then if it's a event day, then usually I go into teaching some sort of class, whether that be a yoga or a meditation class, 
or um, leading a farm tour. I also do uh, horse horse lessons uh, with connecting with our horses, and uh, we also I also do healing sessions for people uh, that involve usually some sort of combination of yoga, meditation, Reiki or tapping or EFT, um, if you've ever heard of those. And so it could be a variety of any of those. And those, you know, looked different before COVID, but uh, now it's, um, you know, the classes are much smaller. And most of what I do is more like a private one-on-one or small group or family uh, interaction to lessen the risk for people and for ourselves. And then that takes me through to evening chores, and you, that usually starts around 4, 4.30. And I go back through that whole feeding and milking and hay and water process, and that takes about two and a half hours in the evenings. And then usually then dinner and, uh, all, you know, whatever office work and social media stuff and all of those kinds of things that need to be done. Uh, and then crash really late <laughs> um, and get up and do it again uh, the next day and I'm very lucky that overall my newly three-year-old um, is used to all of that and is pretty patient overall with most of it and she's with me for a lot of it and is quote-unquote helpful um, for <laughs> as much as possible. Um, so uh, so that's kind of a typical day. Wow. That is a very long day. And to think that you have to do that every single day of the week. So over the, over the years, have it been pretty easy to get the word out? Have you had to do like a lot of social media and is the community kind of now pretty aware of your, what you're offering and that kind of thing? So almost all of our, uh, I guess you would call it marketing is word of mouth. Uh, you know, we do, we do have a social media presence, um, but I don't know, you know, I think some of what we pull in is from social media or from, you know, somebody seeing somebody else post something on social media, that kind of thing. We've never done any kind of like real marketing, I guess. It's not uh, my strong area. And so, uh, but back when we first started Goat Yoga, it was like a really big thing in the media. And so we did have a number of articles done on us. Uh, for like local newspapers and local magazines and stuff like that. We've done, I've done a couple of TV interviews with our local news stations. It's been a while on all of that. Like it's probably been a year or two since we had a lot of articles done. So that was really more in the beginning when it was kind of like a new fad, a new thing. So I'd say most of what we get now is really just word of mouth and just people, people enjoy it and I yeah I guess we're just really lucky we've created a good healing space and so people recommend it. Mm, that's great. So what are maybe some of the challenges that you've faced, um, and maybe like what have been some things that have helped you through those? Um, I'd say some of the biggest challenges are, you know, financial. You know, trying to make it all work. Maybe not having as much of a nest egg to start with as what would have been helpful. Uh, our, we're also limited by our land and some of the um, erosion difficulties that we've had 
and uh, just um, being able to get things set up and um, things done. Uh, we are also limited, again, with that financial part, um, you know, we, we are sustaining, but it can be difficult to offer people what we would like to offer them in terms of compensation for helping in terms of workers and things like that. So we don't have a lot of help. And I guess I think the thing that keeps me motivated is just seeing how much joy this brings the people that come here, especially the people that, you know, are really like invested in the farm whose kids have been coming here for, you know, three years for camp or, you know, some of our sponsors who have been sponsoring with us for a while. And we have a, like two volunteers that have been with us for a really long time. And, and just watching the smiles on people's faces when they leave and having someone tell me it was the best day of their life, you know, just stuff like that. Like that's really, that's really what, what does it, what gets you through. So that sounds like that's really been um, a big part of the reward of your, of your work. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent. For sure. So like if your ideas and your experience and your wisdom were all wrapped up into seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice might you give to someone who might be considering this in their own city or state? I think that the biggest advice I give is you're, you're doing this for love. You're not doing this for the money you're not doing this for the fame or anything like that you're doing this because you want to see you know the healing that it brings for others and the you know the love that you have for your animals so going into it with that mindset is really important I think that if possible having you know a, a, a good base or foundation of income um, to fall back on, you know, especially when something like what has happened this year, you know, happened, um, that really helps you to sustain and to keep going. Do your research, possibly find others who have done this kind of thing and, you know, get suggestions from them. I do, I do often con consult for people, whether they be new goat owners or I have talked to a couple of different people about them starting something similar where they're at. Uh, so like I'm, I'm always happy to, you know, talk to people and give advice and things like that around uh, helping them, you know, cater it to their area. Uh, but, and having a good support network. Um, I think the one thing that I want to branch out in the most with taking over things and doing it is I really want to create a community that runs it rather than it being like one or two people that are mostly doing it. Um, you know, having a, you know, having some kind of farm community that is all working together to, to create this space. And, you know, um, you know, like I, I would like to do more with uh, the, the garden side of things and stuff like that too. So, you know, just having, just having that community can really help. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I could, I can almost see that being part of um, like an eco village or something of that sort too. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of what I would like to bring. Like that's kind of how I want to head personally with with what we do is um, is really 
uh, you know, we already have a lot of sustainable practices that we're doing, but really be able to just dive deeper into all of that and um, having a community really would help with that. Nice. So um, what resources maybe have been helpful for you, a book or website or film that's um, maybe been uh, informative or inspirational? <laughs> I don't have I don't have anything that I don't have anything that's necessarily like inspiration for what we did. I can tell you my life has been inspiration for what we did. Um, but that's really, uh, you know, I, I lost both of my fathers within one or two with two within two years of each other and the healing um and there was just there was a lot of other things that had happened at that time as well um i was dealing with anxiety and depression and uh some some past really really intense trauma i'd been through and so like just being with the animals was what helped me make it through all of that and so like i feel like that has been the biggest inspiration for me personally is just what those animals did for me but in terms of like the the one source i go back to continually is actually just a farm source for goats and it was just around goats specifically and um it's a lady that uh her name is molly and she has a website it it's uh f-i-a-s-c-o um farm i think dot com um and uh, it's actually fias county is where she's at but it looks like it's fiasco farm but it's not like that's but that's just what it looks like uh but it's just the name of the county that she's in um but she has that and she has uh, a part of her and whole amazing info for goat owners uh to like to really dive and things you need for your goats and she also has a section that's called molly's herbals and she's done a lot of herbal stuff for her goats and that was a big inspiration for all of the herbal supplementation that i do for our animals all of them not just the goats but um and trying to be more holistic in our approach to how we care for the animals rather than uh, chemical and um more traditional approach okay yeah that's great that's very helpful so do you have any I know you have classes and educational opportunities is there anything specific that you want to share that's coming up or just maybe your website Um, I don't have necessarily any specific programs we are I have decided to go ahead and run our programs through the winter even though we're outside because I figure there's got to be people who like the cold um so we are going to be uh still doing our class, still doing at least one, if not two goat yoga classes each weekend. And we'll still be open for private tours and private healing sessions. Um, We do virtual events. So even if there's people that aren't local that are interested in what we do, um, you know, I have a virtual farm tour I can do. I can do virtual healing with the animals, things like that. Uh, And and so I'm really hoping to expand more of our healing programs and uh, and just more of getting getting it all out there to people. Um, and so our website is not always fully up to date, but it's uh, Hux, H-U-X, familyfarm.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to meet with us. Really appreciate it. Um, I'm happy to do it. 
Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people.